In the grand theater of life, we all seek a comeback, a resurgence, a rekindling of our inner fire. But how do we spark that flame? Welcome to Reignite Resilience. This is not just another podcast. This is a journey, a venture into the heart of human spirit, the power of resilience, and the art of reigniting our passions. Welcome to part two of our two-part interview with Beth Kellen. We are so excited to have you back. We are in the midst of hearing about her preparation for a marathon, something that she'd had on her life list for many, many years. But you'll want to make sure that you continue to listen because Beth is going to share with us how she has incorporated the quote from The Go-Giver, your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment and where she's going with that in her next steps in life. Please enjoy. You know, you look online at the training plans and I'd say, oh, I'm not on par. But the beauty of what my coach gave me was that I didn't injure myself. It was like adding a few miles every week, Mm -hmm. just consistently every week, a few more, a few more, a few more. And next thing I knew, here I am running 42 miles in a week. Yeah. And it wasn't a normal flat marathon. Oh, it was not a marathon. Let's share that alone. I was supposed to run the Portland Marathon, which is relatively flat. And I ended up having a really wonderful opportunity for a speaking engagement that weekend. And so I had to choose between the two. And for a minute, I was like, these are two really amazing opportunities for me. Which one am I going to have to sacrifice? And then I said, well, what if I didn't have to sacrifice either one? And I looked quickly online and I found another marathon within three weeks of the Portland Marathon locally. And it was the Columbia Gorge Marathon, which if anybody knows... Gorge. Gorge is the key word in that sentence. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, the name of the marathon alone should have like initiated a small pause. Yes. (laughs) Hold on a second. I did a little research and people were like, oh, it's fine. I had a friend a half. And it turns out she was just flat out lying to me. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to that friend. That's great. Yes. Thank you. you thank you. The friend that gets in your friend's head. It's like, no, you can totally do it, Beth. You it's it, totally yeah. fun. It's totally fun. <laughs> oh, it was and the Columbia Gorge is super windy. It's one of the best windsurfing spots in the world. And it's gorgeous, by the way. Most gorgeous race that they have in the country. And the headwinds that I dealt with yeah. on the second half coming back were intense. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And you had a few hills as well. Had a few hills. I was already, so in the hills, you know, people are like, oh, you run a marathon. Well, listen, I didn't run it. I did a lot of walking, but I ran a lot of it as well. Right. Yeah. And so the hills I would walk, I would walk as fast as I could. I would run in parts when I felt like I could. And the slant of the road was so significant that I was running off kilter on my feet. And so I didn't anticipate this. By mile eight, I was in so much pain. You know, I had done a 20-miler. I'd done an 18-miler. I'd done a 16-miler. And I was like, how is it only mile eight? And I'm already hurting so much. Mm -hmm. And I saw the fast marathoners on their return. They were running in the middle of the road. And I was like, what are they doing in the middle of the road? And I realized that the middle of the road is the flattest part of the road. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should have been doing that these first eight miles. I really had to push through a significant amount of pain Mm -hmm. for the next 18 miles. I can't do math. Long time. So what made you keep going? I mean, there's a lot of people that would have been like, it's too much. I wasn't planning on the wind. I wasn't planning on these hills. Wasn't planning on my body hurting after the eighth mile. 
Let's and you see. see the people that start to fall off. Like if you've totally. run a half or a full marathon, there are people that just call it. They're like, yeah. and I'm done. I can't continue. You have that, the pain, and you're like visibly seeing folks just kind of excuse themselves from the race. How do yeah. you keep going? Mentally, it wasn't about time for me. I was like, this would be great if I hit this time frame. If I do better than that, that would be amazing. But really for me, it was just about completing it. And so it just was like, keep going, just keep going one step in front of each other. And it was slow and steady runs the race. I kept saying that, but my version of winning. Mm -hmm. And the community is so helpful too. There were several people on the course that we would kind of leapfrog. They would take a break and I would pass them. I'd slow down and they would pass me. And one of them had told me she did a 50 miler. You know, you start to talk to people a little bit. She had done a 50 miler that summer. And I thought, if I'm running with this woman at the same pace, roughly, and she did 50 miles this summer, I can do 26 today. Just keep going. And you don't ever have to do it again. (laughs) It's probably one and done. I've done it. Check that box. (laughs) Are you still running? That's a really good question. I just signed up actually for a 15K and I plan to do a half in June. I took a break because I really did injure myself and I needed to rest starting to get back into it. I've run a couple of times. My daughter and I did the turkey trot. So I've only run about four miles. No, actually, no, I did six miles the other day. So yeah. Very good. Good. Because I know that after my half, I was like, I think I'm not a runner. That's it. That was the question is like, are you a runner? And I think that's, we've talked about this on previous episodes where it becomes your identity, right? It's not that I'm going to just run a marathon. It's I'm a runner or this is what I do. Yeah. But I love to see that you're going to keep running. You are a runner, Beth. I love that. I love it. Well, it's really funny that you say that, Natalie, because I still don't see myself as a runner. Gosh, it's so interesting. Identity is really fascinating. And as we were talking earlier, and Pam, you were mentioning, you know, growing up in real estate and not really knowing other things. I mean, I have done other things, but that being a realtor has been my identity for so long. Really challenging to break out of what does this world look like? Who am I in this world if I'm not Beth, the real estate advisor or Beth, the person that tries to run, but doesn't? I mean, I did. I did it. You You did did it. it. You did it. And not what the percentage of people that have done a marathon is probably not very big. And you did it. You know, a little bit earlier, you talked about, you know, you wanted it to be faster when you're going through the training. Mm -hmm. I think all of us are kind of that type of person. We do something, we expect somewhat sort of success pretty quickly. And Mm -hmm. so when we have something like this where it is not as fast, a lot of people just give up. And so it would have been very easy for you to say, you know, this is just taking too long. I thought I was going to run a marathon next week when I decided I was going to run a marathon. And now it's (laughs) taking me all these months. And so it's one of those things that, I mean, talk about resilience. You pushed through it and trusted what your coach said so that you could do that race. And I think we've talked about, you know, having that community, having those people that are well-versed in that, whether it's a business coach, athletic coach, a nutrition coach, whatever it is, that person that can walk alongside you and help you do it so that it's something that's achievable and that you don't really get hurt. You got hurt because of the, obviously the road where you're running, but otherwise, I mean, she trained you over time so that you could accomplish that goal. And so that community through resilience, I think is important. You know, I was thinking about that as I was preparing to talk to you guys. What is it that I value in or that I need times of resilience? And one of my coaches said, you have to have your board of directors. And you you have to have your therapist. You have to have your physical therapist. You have to have your 
partner, you know, your best friend, your coach, your mentor, who are those people in your world? And I don't know a lot about a lot, but I know people. And so finding the right people that can help you get to where you want to go, the goals that you want to achieve. And my coach was that for me. And I was kept saying to myself, she knows more than I do. She does ultra marathons. She's getting ready to train for a 250 miler. I'm 45. So a marathon at 45 is very different than a marathon at 25. Mm -hmm. And I've also given my history with my brain injury. The last thing I wanted to do was injure myself before the race. I was kind of terrified of that. So I really took it seriously. I love the board of directors. Everybody needs to have a board. I've always liked my circle, my sphere. I like board of directors. Who's part of my board of directors that helps me run my life? I am the slowest runner ever. And uh, I think you and I talked. I think we're about the same. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I'm kind of oddly proud of it because I was like, yeah, I can pace anybody because I just am like, nope, we're going slowly. <laughs> and um, everybody in this running group, they're like real runners and real athletes, right? And one of them is a good friend of mine and she volunteered to run with me. And I was so nervous to run with her. She went with me on my 10 miler and she was like, just whatever you need, whatever you want. And it was so awesome to have her side by side with me. And I know she runs at least four or five minutes faster than I do. Wow. Um, That's awesome. Happy to just be with me. It's that support, that team of people. That's amazing. I love love it. I've heard a couple of philosophies on the board of directors. Do you have a a constant sitting board and how many folks are on there right now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Their term, basically. That's right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'd say there's probably like six or seven people that are yeah. my go for different things, you know, and some I pay, many I pay. <laughs> you know, yes. All of that. And I mean, Pam, you're on that board. <gasps> Yay. <laughs> yeah, run all this stuff by you. And yeah, so, and I just, I keep thinking to myself too, I think if I didn't finish the marathon, it's also not the end of the world. There can be another marathon or is it Winston Churchill? I love his quote, success is not final. Failure is not fatal, but it's the courage to continue. Yes. Really counts. I love that. Okay. So you've done the marathon. You've lived in a foreign country. You've kind of stepped away from real estate. So what's next? Well, Pam, can't you just tell me? (laughs) Well, I am on your board, but... I think she's patiently waiting for the universe to respond and it has yet to respond. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, although these last few weeks, you know, it's interesting how if you just wait for the universe to answer, really sometimes Mm -hmm. it all of a sudden I feel like it's throwing so many options and opportunities at me. Mm -hmm. I'm super open to receiving whatever is coming out there. I am very interested to work within my community to kind of help solve our housing insecurity issues. So I'm interested in affordable housing and really exploring that world development or infill, creating more opportunities for affordable housing if it's not the quote unquote actual definition of affordable housing, but just adding more units and what does that look like and how do my skills translate and transfer into that world? Yeah. And there's lots of things coming at me. I have no idea where everything will go. But I was like, yeah, let's try this and see what comes of this. Yeah. And I think that's what I love about you when we talk. It's like, well, I'm going to try this and I'm going to do this. And it's like, you're having all of these opportunities that aren't necessarily completely related, but I think they are. There's like a common thread there. And for you, it's giving back. And every one of these events that you're being asked to do or participate in, are all things that are giving back to the community. And I do believe will lead to whatever that next path is, whatever that next thing is for you. 
I've never been a religious person, but I feel like if I were to be, it's energy would be my religion. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that we are all very much connected in some way, shape or form. And we talk yes. about this in Ninja all the time. You know, the instrument that's across the room, when you strum the string, it vibrates on the other side of the room. And we think of somebody and then all of a sudden they call us. Like those things are not an accident. And I don't really believe in coincidences. I think it's because of energy. And so I just have to keep trusting. Trust is a big part of it as well. That if I keep putting my energy where I feel that it's valuable, it's going to come back to me in some way, shape or form. It's kind of that law of value from the go-giver. Your true worth is determined by how much more you give in payment than you take in value. I love that. Yeah. Well, oh Beth, gosh. it sounds like your journey is one that is definitely filled. Um, just even as you describe, like being in that place that you are open and receiving and having trust for the process, because those are huge. I mean, that I know that you say it with such ease and grace and saying it. And Pam and I and prior guests, we've had this conversation. When you enter into that space of receiving, there's a certain amount of surrender that goes along with it that not a lot of people embrace yeah. wholeheartedly, especially mm-hmm. doers like us, people that like to get things done. Like it's hard to mm-hmm. surrender and just trust in the process and be prepared to receive. And I can only speak on that because I'm still doing work around the word receiving, but always <laughs> work. It is hard. It is hard. Yeah. Very, very hard to just receive, but yeah. you're open to it and it's going to happen. And I just ask that you're willing to come on our podcast in when you're in that next chapter where you're like, this is what happened. This is where I am now. And you can share your next amazing thing that you are working on because I am all about, and I say this all the time, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do when I grow up. Mm-hmm. And I'm quite a bit older than both y'all. And so, <laughs> we're still not grown up. Pam. And no. we're still not grown up. But how exciting is it that you're able to do that? Because there's not a lot of people that can at your age, at my age, at Natalie's age, say that, you know what, I want to try something different and walk away from what was not mundane, but I was on autopilot. You know, you could probably sell real estate in your sleep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Walked away because you probably believe that there was what else is out there, what else is possible and you're living it. And I think hopefully if anything, it inspires other people that are maybe in a space where they're like, what else is there out there and what else is possible that I could maybe do? And if this woman can take her whole family and move to a foreign country without knowing the language for seven months and come back and start over, why can't I do it? So true inspiration. Well, that's great. It's been, I would love to come back. I'm hopeful that maybe it'll be sooner rather than later, but it will be again, just trusting and patience. And I love it. I love that. One big aha for me that I've taken away, at least at this chapter in my life, and hopefully some of our listeners are able to take away, is that, Beth, your approach in looking at everything, if it's moving to Costa Rica, if it's restructuring how you're running your business, if it's running for a marathon and knowing it's not your end-all, be-all, you may not always be a runner— I think just having that perception that it doesn't have to be definitive and finite, that this is what I'm doing next. And that's a chapter that I found myself in. Costa Rica is on the radar for me because I'm exploring 
warmer climates to live this next chapter of life in, but it's always been so definitive, right? So the next chapter of life is going to be in this location. Maybe it's a transitional or six or seven months. And if I don't like it, then I can change it. Like, it's okay. I can make these decisions and open myself up and know if it's not fulfilling or what I thought, change it, do something else. And I love what you said. What's the worst thing that can happen? Definitive is such a good word, Natalie. I think that we are like, yeah, this is how this has to be. And it's like, and it can be messy. I'm not good with messy, but... None of us are, but it often is. We seem to make our way through it. Exactly. And I give that permission to my kids. I have two older daughters, adult daughters now, both officially adult daughters. And I've given them that permission just as they were entering into their own journey and navigating it themselves. It's, you know, like figure it out. If it doesn't work, change it. We're here to support you, whatever that looks like. But I don't give myself that same permission. So thank you for sharing your story today because that's my big aha is giving myself permission. It does not have to be forever. It can just be for this moment. I love it. And take yeah. a chance because what's the worst thing that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? I yeah. love it. I always come home. I always exactly. love it, love it, love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing with us today and sharing your story and inspiring people. I know it inspired me. I learned new stuff about you and I've known you for a bit. So I absolutely love it. Any final thoughts, Natalie, before we go or any final thoughts from you, Beth, before any final words of wisdom? It's just been my absolute pleasure to be here. You guys keep doing the podcast because I listen to you on my marathon run. Seriously, keep doing it. It's inspiring. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Thank you. I love that. Well, thanks so much for taking time out to be a guest, Beth. And thank you for sharing your own personal story and just showing us how resiliency pops up in so many different areas of our lives. And we may not even realize it because we're just trying to swim our way through whatever we're working on in that season. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And please come back because we want to hear about what else is possible. I want to hear about it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. And until next time, we will see you soon. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Reignite Resilience. We hope that you had amazing ahas and takeaways. Remember to subscribe on your favorite streaming platform, like it and download the upcoming episodes. And if you know anyone in your life that is looking to continue to ignite their resilience, share it with them. We look forward to seeing you on our future episodes. And until then, continue to reignite that fire within your hearts.